Welcome to the Wealthwise Show, where financial success meets informed decisions. I'm your host, The Wise Investor, and I'm here to guide you through the fascinating world of finance and help you to make wise choices. Join us as we unravel the secrets of smart investing, effective money management strategies, and the different realms of financial education. Remember, the information provided on this podcast is for informational purposes only and educational purposes only. Always consult a financial professional before making any major financial decisions. Now let's start the show. Alrighty guys, welcome to another exciting episode of the Wealthwise Show. I appreciate you guys listening to me for, I don't know how many episodes this is now, I think 24. Um, and today, uh, since it's our 24th episode, I got nothing special because only 24. Um, but I do want to talk about something that is very important in today's time and very critical in today's market atmosphere. And that is inflation. Now, I've dabbled in inflation a little bit before and talked about it a little bit back in the past. Um, but one of the key things that I want today's episode to be about is how to protect yourself against inflation. And most of the things that I'm going to suggest typically um, going to be things that most people know. But a lot of guys, not a lot of guys, a lot of people uh, who do tune into the show are not super savvy in the markets, which there's nothing wrong with that. I'm actually going to do an episode about individual, individual, uh, institutional investors and retail investors. So, uh, so there's nothing wrong with not being savvy in the markets. You know, I know some people want to make others feel stupid. That's not my goal here. Uh, my goal is to like like the title of the show presents wealth wisdom essentially. So uh, I'm going to talk about a few things about, or I'm going to have a few things to talk about uh, when it comes down to hedging inflation. Now, hedging is important in everything, in life, and the markets. You know, it, you can use it for anything and all hedging is is I would say let's put it as in protection or insurance um, so in life we have health insurance you know it, when we have a car it's auto insurance in the markets you have different ways to hedge you know uh, your portfolio so that way if something were to happen you're not you know out on the street so there are many different ways to hedge against inflation though so uh, one of the things that I, I wanted to uh, bring up is the definition of inflation. So basically inflation, how it works is, it's a, it measures how much more expensive a set of goods and services have become over a certain period of time. So as in the words of Fat Joe, yesterday's price is not today's price. That's inflation. <laughs> um, you might notice it in food, food costs is going up, housing is going up, you know, um, daycare is going up, everything is just going up, even wages are going up, um, and you know, rents are going up, so that's pretty much inflation, 
Now, inflation is typically a something that's going to be stuck with us for life. You know, as long as there's, there's a monetary system, you're going to be stuck with inflation. But the point is not to have inflation rise to a, a, a at a rate that is jarring for the constituents. So if you are noticing yesterday you paid $2 for eggs, but today you're paying eight, you know, that's that would be like, what in the world happened yesterday? And so typically how the federal government wants to work or how most governments work is they, they want to keep prices going up, but they want to keep it at a rate that, is conducive to people's mental health. <laughs> Just put it simple as that, because you know, once people start seeing prices going up as quickly as it is, you know, now it becomes a political political topic. But just know that inflation is always going to be there. Um, but when we have, like we currently have, you know, super inflation where things are just going up day after day after day, you need to be able to protect yourselves against such things, especially if you have a uh, equity portfolio. So if you are invested in equities, you know, your, your, um, not just invested in equities, almost anything, the rate of return should outpace the rate of inflation. That's the, the goal here. And if the rate of returns is not outpacing the rate of inflation, then that's going to lead into a problem because what's going to happen is you're going to have purchasing power. Your purchasing power is going to diminish and your investment value is going to diminish. So like I said, in the analogy of the eggs, if eggs were $2 yesterday and you made $2 an hour, but now eggs are $8 today and you still make $2 an hour, you see how you can't buy eggs now. So, you know, protecting against um, high inflation like we're in is really important. So those are the two important things I want to talk about uh, or I'm going to help with protecting purchasing power. Purchasing power means, you know, the power to purchase things. You know, like I said, analogy, you could buy eggs yesterday, but now you can't uh, investment value. So if you have a, a equity portfolio and it's not keeping up with the rate of inflation, the value of that portfolio diminishes no matter if, you know, it's going up or not because it's not making enough to compete with inflation. So some of the things that you can do uh, to protect against purchasing power uh, diminishing is, you know, uh, keep my guys. I know it's in the intro and I know I say it like a hundred billion times, but please, please, this podcast. It's for educational purposes only. So anything I say going forward is strictly for educational and informational purposes only. I'm not telling you to do these things. So please don't listen to me and do these things without talking to your financial professional. But one of the things that you can do to kind of help combat high inflation is reallocating money into equities. Like I said before, and I know you might say, well, Derek, you just said, if you know, if you put money in equities, if you're just not keeping up, okay, yes. But typically, equities do compete with, can compete with inflation. That's typical. Now, we did have some issues last, or yeah, whenever this time this podcast came out, uh, 2022, 
We did have some issues there. But if you look at the markets in 2023, it's doing better than inflation. And so there are, um, you know, typically in the long run, equities usually can outpace inflation. Um, and I, the thing about inflation and bonds, I know I'm a big lover of bonds because I love safe yields, but inflation can diminish the value of bonds. Um, I would say typical bonds because there are other bonds that compete with inflation, but usually the bond market is taking a hit because is everything worse off in interest rates. So if inflation is going up high, you're going to have a situation where the federal government is going to want to combat that because now people are it's just too jarring for people. So they're going to have to keep people from spending money because that's exactly what causes inflation. So let's say, for example, if you own a Apple store or uh, Apple shop, not like an Apple store, like the company, but like the fruit. If you own a Apple stand at a farmer's market and you one at one point had 10 baskets of apples and, you know, not a lot of clients or not a lot of people came to um, buy your apples. You know, of course, you're going to do sales to try to get interest. You're going to lower the price. Now, let's reverse it. What happens when you have one basket of apples and you have a thousand people coming to your stand to buy your apples? Well, you're going to be like, hey, I don't have enough for everybody, but I, I need, you know, this is all I got and I can't let this opportunity go by. You're going to raise the price. So inflation is the same way. We got into inflation because, you know, people had way more money to spend and then there was way less supply out there. So the supply and demand ratio was skewed. And when you have things, uh, when that happens is the federal, federal government have to sometimes raise rates. And when they raise the rates, that affects the bond market. Why does that affect the bond market? Because the bond market works off of interest rates. That's how you get paid when you purchase a bond. You get paid by interest. But if you get, let's say you get a bond with 3% interest and the federal government says, hey, we're going to raise rates up to 5%. Now, people, it the value of that bond diminishes because people can just go and buy new bonds that are, you know, coming out at 5%. And that's not exactly how that works, but that's as much as you're going to get from me in a, in a 20 minutes time span. So effectively, now your bond looks less attractive. So like the analogy of the apples, the price is going to have to get lower if you want to sell that bond. If you want to not hold that bond to maturity and you have a lower interest rate bond and interest rates are higher, you're going to say, hey, I will give you this bond at a discount. So that's why the bond market goes down when interest rates goes up because the current bonds are issued are issued at a lower rate than the new bonds are that are currently being issued. Hopefully that makes sense. So reallocating your money into stocks versus bonds is typically a strategy that you can use to combat inflation. Uh, you can reallocate a portion of your bond holdings to equities. Um, now you have things like preferred stocks, preferred stocks is similar to bonds, except, um, it's more of an equity product than a debt. Well, it's still a debt product. Uh, well, it's basically 
a mixture of a bond and a stock. Uh, it's it's going to take longer than 20 minutes to me for me to explain preferred stocks. I might do an episode on that one day. So preferred stocks is shares of a stock that you buy from a company uh, and they pay you interest rates instead of you getting um, um, like, I guess, you know, like a regular stock movement. <laughs> so it's a lot more safer, essentially, than a stock. Uh, you, you really don't participate in the gains of, of the stocks or the regular equities because you're getting paid a interest rate. So you can purchase preferred stocks. Uh, you can do utility stocks, which is typically um, companies like, you know, for utilities. Uh, and they pay dividends and things like of that nature. And you can buy um, a few alternatives, which I'm going to talk about in a second, to help benefit during inflation times, high inflation, not just inflation, but high inflation. Uh, you can diversify internationally. Uh, now, you might say, well, how do I diversify internationally? Well, if we having if we're if America is having high inflation here, now let's say this we go in cycles and the cycle for high inflation is here and other countries are having let's say for example great inflation like you know it's not that things are not as bad that's a fairy tale but just entertain me for a second and you find that you know hey these other countries you know, they're doing pretty well when it comes down to their equities and bonds and things like that. Well, you can purchase those things to help com combat inflation here or hedge against inflation here. Uh, you can increase your international exposure. Now, the thing about increasing international exposure is there's a lot of, there are some downsides to international exposure. Mainly the biggest one is you don't live there. So you really don't know what's going on there. It could the news that you get here could be fake news. You don't you don't know the laws there. The laws, you know, America is very good at you know being uh, friendly to corporations. Whatever country you're investing in might not be as friendly. So there's a lot of more details and research you have to do to you know if you want to invest in internationally, but you can use ETFs. Now, remember in my uh, episode, a couple of while ago, episodes ago about ETFs and mutual funds. Well, you can use ETFs for a low cost diversification in international market. There's tons of funds and mutual funds or ETFs and mutual funds that have exposure to international markets. So therefore, they do all the research and you can still benefit from that exposure. ETFs is going to be one of the, the key things in this this episode uh, because they're they can be really good um, for newer investors who are, you know, this is not your job. Like this is my job. So I love it. I do the research. I read the reports, but this is not your job. And you're not trying to take on a second job just for investing. So ETFs are typically something that you will look into. And you can also move it on. You can also consider real estate. 
uh, because real estate is a tangible asset that has in, intrinsic value and consistent income. And when I say real estate, I mean rental properties, essentially. You know, that can help. Now, of course, property values may go um, down depending on the interest rates. But, you know, if you have rental properties, you're getting a consistent income. And like I said, rents are going up. The inflation for rent is going up. So if you're renting and typically rent goes up every year anyways. So the next year you charge an additional $100 to kind of help keep up with uh, inflation. Now, if you don't want to go out and buy the physical properties, I talked about this in the last episode. REITs is a, another form of investing in real estate. Uh, it's more liquid and I love liquidity. So, you know, if you can get the same benefit and the same, you know, outcome, but keeping your assets liquid, I'm all for it. Uh, so you, you can look into REITs uh, for your um, uh, real estate needs. And then you also got, um, you know, other ETFs. So you, uh, there's a one. Now, this is not an endorsement or anything like that. But there, actually, I'm not even going to say the name. But there's tons of ETFs out there and REITs that have um, yeah, exposure to real estate. Now, I know I said bonds is, you know, typically uh, do bad in inflationary times. But there is a debt security that you can use to kind of help combat inflation. And it is called the Treasury Inflation Protection Securities, or TIPS. <laughs> TIPS. Um, so TIPS are pretty much um, a treasury, um, you know, product, or I would say, a secure, it's a treasury security that allows the person who purchased it to help combat inflation. So how does TIPS work? Uh, essentially, if the rate of inflation is going up for at the next CPI report, for example, then the interest rate on your TIP, <laughs> the interest rate on your treasury inflation protection securities is going to go up. So it you know kind of keeps up with inflation essentially. Uh, there's different um, frequencies. You got uh, five-year tips, you got 10-year tips, and 30-year tips. Um, but anything about, by the way, bonds that I like is bonds don't have state or local taxes. Now, they are federally taxed, but most U.S. Treasury, um, that's when I say bonds, I'm talking about U.S. Treasury. So bonds that are issued from the U.S. government typically um, don't have no state or local taxes, but you still got to pay federal. But like I said, it keeps up with inflation because when the interest rates go up, it goes up. Now, the same thing can happen though. That's why tips are is typically a hedge because you don't always keep a hedge on. Sometimes you take your hedge off, keep put it on, take it off. So if you own tips, the reverse can happen. So if the interest rates starts to go down, well, the tips can go down as well over, over its term. 
Um, so yeah, they can go up and down. The, the principal uh, of the um, uh, Treasury Inflation Protection Securities can go up and down. So it, I personally would definitely, if you're going to do that, talk to your professional financial professional because you know yes inflation is going up now but it's already gone up and it's starting to come down so you know talk to your financial professional and see if this is a ideal product um so the next thing is um buying bank loans what in the world you mean go to the bank and get a loan no that's not what i'm saying you can actually, like I said, you can purchase debt. Like you, the people, can purchase debt. Um, now, buying secure or seeing secure bank loans um, is a little more sophisticated for most uh, retail investors. So that is something. If you're savvy and you got the resources, you know, and it fits your your goals, you know, talk to your financial provider or professional. Um, financial professional and see if that works hey have at it but for those who are you know like i said are more this is not your day job essentially <laughs> you're just doing this because you're you want to help build equity and uh, retirement and all that good stuff so once again you can do etfs and mutual funds there are mutual fund and etfs that um you know pretty much do what i just said uh, you have have um, Invesco Senior Loan ETFs. Now, like I said, uh, they're not endorsing me. You know, do your own research, blah blah blah. Uh, but I shouldn't say blah blah blah. Please, guys, research this stuff. I'm just a voice in your your head or a voice on in your earbuds. I'm not in your head. Oh my goodness, I just uh, anywho. Invesco Senior Loan ETF is a uh, an example. An example. Um, you can go and look and see what um, the returns are, the yields, you know, and things like that. So you can uh, invest in, you know, more debt, um, but you're the creditor essentially. And as things I like, the reason why I like ETFs and mutual funds, it keeps your assets liquid while still getting the benefit. Um, so that being said, uh, I want everyone to understand that historically, you know, the best hedge against inflation is equities. You know, it, it, it just is. Uh, as a long-term hedge, investing in equities, stocks and things like that, um, historically have been uh, outpacing inflation. Now you might have a couple of a, a year or two like we did in 2022. Um, but if you look at the overall history of our, the track record of inflation and the markets, you know, um, the markets have outpaced it. Uh, so, you know, also understand if, you know, if you do have real estate, you can use it. You have the ability to, you know, it has this ability to hold value um, and you can uh, increase the rents during inflational periods. And, um, you know, there's all sorts of ways to you be the person, the creditor, essentially, by buying tips. You know, you can do that. 
Uh, and if you hold to maturity, bonds are still great. Now, I know bonds, the bond market can go down and things like that, but the principal does not go down. I want to emphasize that. So if you bought a bond and you pay $1,000 for that bond as a U.S. Treasury, you're going to get that doesn't change. Even if the market goes down, the bond market goes down or whatever, as long as you hold until maturity, you're going to get your $1,000 back. Now, you lose money when you want to sell before maturity. So let's say, for example, you know, I don't know, uh, inflation happened, the raise rates, you have a 2% bond, and now you can buy bonds at 5%. So, you know, your $1,000, if you want to get out of that to reprice to higher yield bonds, you might have to sell, you know, at $800, $700 to get out of that bond so you can go with a higher uh, yield. But it still doesn't change the fact that if you held into maturity, then you would get your money back, your full principal back. So there's all sorts of ways to mix and match and, um, you know, hedge inflation, combat combat inflation and things like that. Uh, so understand that it's very important that if you're an investor, you hedge against inflation. Even the small inflation that's, you know, goes up without, without everyone knowing. Um, and it's really important to understand the different asset classes and how they can protect your portfolio during inflationary periods. So go ahead. I know this is a 20 well, going on 30 minute um, podcast. So there's not much I can teach you in that time, but go out and do your own research. You know, see what asset classes might fit your portfolio, your needs and things of that nature. So understand guys, it's important to always ask questions. It's important to hedge and it's important to make wise decisions. So that's going to be the end of today's show. I hope I imparted some wisdom. Uh, please, if you like today's episode, like, comment, subscribe. Um, wherever you're listening to this podcast, you know, leave a positive review if you're feeling positive. And if you're not feeling positive, kind of keep that to yourself. <laughs> Um, so it's been another great one. I appreciate you guys. Uh, and until next time, stay wealth wise. Investment advisory and financial planning services offered through Simplicity Wealth and SEC Registered Investment Advisor. Sub-advisory services are provided by Simplicity Solutions, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Any insurance, consulting, and education services offered through the Wealthwise Show. The Wealthwise Show is not affiliated with Simplicity Wealth and Simplicity Solution.